This is episode 30 of the History of Podcast. I'm Robert. And I'm Emma. And today, we will be talking about the history of veganism. But uh, first, as always, we have the egg carton count. Oh, yes. And today's egg carton count is... It's uh, 41. 41! Doing well with We're those getting that cartons. protein, for sure. Yeah, doing well. Doing well. Well, of course, you heard, you saw, uh, Emma just said, and also you saw the show title... This is the history of veganism, and it's gone, veganism goes way back. Actually, uh, Pythagoras had uh, a plant-based diet, so Pythagoras, you learned about him in uh, geometry, Pythagorean theorem. Uh, also, uh, Siddhartha Gautama, uh, better known as the Buddha, uh, advocated uh, for a plant-based diet. He encouraged his followers uh, to, to embrace a plant-based diet. Now, although this has been going on for a while, veganism was officially founded by Donald Watson. In fact, there is even a vegan society, and the name was taken from the first three and last two letters of vegetarian. So that's why this might sound similar to being a vegetarian. And the Vegetarian Society was actually founded in 1847, and around 1909, the question arose if vegetarians should also abstain from eggs and dairy outside of just uh, what they called flesh eating, which I think is a kind of a gruesome name. But at first, these modified vegetarians were called non-dairy vegetarians, but that's not a very catchy name. Uh, and vegetarians who ate, who do eat eggs and cheese are called uh, ovo-lacto-vegetarians. And the Vegetarian Society was uh, actually established... Uh, in England the in vegan November society. yeah the, the I, that's what i said the vegan society was established in England uh in November 1944 by Donald Watson and uh if you have any questions or comments about the information provided in this episode please contact us at the history of 365 at gmail no i'm just kidding and that's a wrap <laughs> i'm just kidding that's uh no we're uh there's a lot there's a lot more to uh that happened after that. With help from English friends, uh, actually, the American Vegan Society was established in 1948 by Catherine Nimmo and Robin Abramowitz. I think it's Abramowitz. In uh, the na- different national vegan societies would soon crop up all over the world, uh, like Germans, uh, Germany's Vegan Society and also the Vegan Society of India, which were founded in the 1950s. Now let's go back to the beginning with Donald Watson. He grew up on a farm in Mexborough, England, which likely influenced his later decision to become a non-dairy vegetarian. In a 2002 interview, he describes the sheep as having, quote, gave their wool, and the cows as having, quote, gave their milk, and the chickens as having, quote, gave their eggs. He became a vegetarian at age 16, and he was a loyal member of the Vegetarian Society until he founded the Vegan Society in the midst of World War II, which was inconvenient, to say the least. Yeah, early vegans had trouble with, they had trouble with rations, uh, and they didn't eat their rationed meat or butter, milk or eggs or cheese, of course, Um, and, you know, a lot of rations, it was tough for them to, uh, to trade those things for, for, uh, plant products and a lot of times they they almost kind of starved out of uh this this humanitarian movement and this society also had so few members that england was unable to economically set apart rations 
just for vegans, so that wasn't an option. And the first newsletter for the society actually counted only 25 members, but one year later the society had grown to 500 members, so that was uh, 1945. And Donald Watson, the founder, he really he put a lot into this at the beginning. This was the almost the whole show was run by him. Uh, so because he made all the newsletters by hand, by hand, and he spent an wow. inordinate amount of time making all the newsletters. Uh, so imagine for 500 members, imagine duplicating 6,000 sheets of paper by hand with a stencil. Yeah, that's a no for me. Because, you know, you couldn't, you had to do all this stuff by hand. It's crazy. You may have heard of different kinds of milk alternatives, you know. Nut There's milk. Nut milk. Oh, it's been kind of popular. Almond milk, oat milk, recently. whatever. So nut milk was invented in the 1950s by vegans. The Plant Milk Society was founded in June of 1956. In 1965, the Plant Milk Society was formed into a corporation. And the name later changed to, oh my goodness, Plamil. So it's the first three letters of plant and the first three letters of milk. I'm like, you didn't have to abbreviate it. But What's I the mean, vegans deal with combining letters of previous words into new names? Like, let's let's just give up and call ourselves Thist or O. Like, let's let's just call ourselves Thist or O. I mean, there can be a cool <laughs> vibe with, like, abbreviations. Too much. <laughs> just no. But also in the 1950s, so plant milk was in the 1950s, but also in the 1950s, Vegans started suffering from vitamin deficiencies, mm, and good. the Vegan Society started selling an inexpensive plant-based multivitamin called Veg1, V-E-G-1, uh, but the most important things that they were missing were uh, protein deficiencies uh, and B vitamins. Of course, Veg1 doesn't have like a lot of protein in it, but it does have very important uh, B vitamins that uh, vegans need, and that's a totally vegan-produced uh, supplement. In 1960, Jay Dinshaw founded a New Jersey Vegan Society. One of the founders of the American Vegan Society, Catherine Nimmo, quit the old American Society and became the first member of the New Jersey Society. Jay Dinshaw founded a new, different American Vegan Society in 1960. That society came out with its first cookbook in 1965. Dinshaw was renowned in the Vegan Society and he organized the 23rd International Vegetarian Congress in May in 1975. Yeah, in Maine. I mean, like, the fact that there was an International Vegetarian Congress is, I think, kind of humorous. They probably don't think it's humorous, but for us outsiders, we do. If they think it's necessary, then yeah. you gotta do what you gotta do. And early on, uh, concern in the vegan society was the inclusion of honey in the vegan diet. Mm. And it seems like a plant-based uh plant-based food at first but it's actually an animal product when you think about it because it's produced by bees it comes from flowers but it's produced by bees and this issue came and went for decades until the society finally ruled in 1988 that honey would not be considered vegan it violated the mission statement that veganism was quote a philosophy and way of living which seeks to exclude as far as possible and practicable all forms of exploitation of and cruelty to animal animals for food. That seems like a pretty straightforward statement. Yeah. In December of 1992, the Vegan Society gained approval for a registered trademark, 
And this is where you get the certified vegan foods. You may have seen like these logos on different foods in the grocery store. I'm about, sure you've seen it. Yeah, about 500 different companies are permitted to use the Vegan Society's trademark with 18,000 products carrying the trademark. So look for that little V. Yeah, and a big milestone for the Vegan Society was when the word vegan was added to the Oxford English Dictionary in 1986. And the definition, the, the entry was, quote, a person who on principle abstains from all food of animal origin, a strict vegetarian. Um, and then in 1940, uh, 1994, to celebrate 50 years, the society set forth World Vegan Day on November 1st. And later on, this was actually changed to World Vegan Week and then World Vegan Month. You just can't have enough vegan holiday, can you? I guess not. Vegan popularity seems to have grown exponentially since 2016. Everywhere you look, it seems like everyone's becoming vegan. Or people say it's healthy, but they don't know why. I think it can be a trend for some people, or it's more of an ethical thing, which I get. Yeah. Um, well, a lot I, of people just jump on the bandwagon and not sure. Like, the, I respect the the OGs, but... Like the the people who are just jumping on the bandwagon, like don't really know, don't really know what it is. I will also say, I mean, I guess some people have to like for health conditions, they may have to eat vegan. Yeah, I mean, it can it is can be healthier. I mean, Donald Watson lived to be ninety five. Oh wow! And in a two thousand two interview with George D. Roger, uh, Donald Watson told uh, this story as a way to encapsulate the meaning and reason for for being a vegan. Uh, one day, he found a dead male blackbird in his front yard. And he and his wife buried it, but the next day he actually found another blackbird in his front yard. It was a female, and it was it was dying, but not dead like the other one was. So Watson and his wife, uh, they considered putting it out of its misery, as most people might do, but instead he gave it a saucer of water and put it in his greenhouse overnight to uh, to protect it from predators. And he he didn't expect much from uh, the recovery of this this bird, but he, he kind of expected it to die. But when he came uh, to check on it the next morning, the blackbird was alive and well, and he let it fly off. Uh, and so it was able to fly away. It was actually, its eye was damaged the day before, and the next day, uh, its eye was healed. It's oh, wow. Pretty miraculous. And after that, uh, whenever Mrs. Watson would hang the clothes outside to dry, so almost every day, not every day, the blackbird would swoop down, not in, aggr- not in like an aggressive way, but to thank the uh, Watsons for saving his life. And the Blackbird did this for a long time, I assume, for the rest of his life. And that's what veganism is, really, is we are saving the animals and the animals would thank us. Oh, I love that. I love that story. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We would like, so we are discon- uh, discontinuing the YouTube channel. Yes. I was putting way more work than into it than we were getting out of it. It's like... Like, Ultimate Frisbee is the only episode that's popular on there. But, uh, yeah, discontinuing the YouTube channel. And uh, also like to promote the Instagram. It's called The History of Podcast. There, uh, we have a link in the show notes. You can check that out. I think for, it's pretty cool. We have, uh, like, episode posts and also episode sneak peeks. So get a little snippet of information before the episode comes out. I'd also like to promote uh, Podcast Index and its apps. You can listen to this podcast uh, by Adam Curry and Dave Jones. Adam Curry actually invented podcasting, uh, but that podcast is called Podcasting 2.0, and it's really for for two big reasons. Uh, is there's a new there there are a whole slew of apps coming out, 
uh, which these are the podcasting 2.0 compliant apps, and they have a lot of new features uh, for podcasting apps that you might not see on the big mainstream ones. But the other reason is that uh, apps, a lot of podcasting platforms don't give free speech, and we are our big proponents of free speech, uh, not like a bunch of crackpots out there, but not being deplatformed for sometimes just speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yes, you can listen to Podcasting 2.0 uh, by Adam Curry and Dave Jones. And next, we have our donations. So, how would you value the knowledge and enjoyment you've gotten from the history of, uh, and what dollar amount is that information and entertainment you've gotten from this podcast worth to you? Honestly, I have no idea why you'd be listening if you're not getting something from it. Like, if you're, if you made it this far, I imagine you got something from it. Yeah, and if if you donate any amount of money, uh, we will read your name and uh, state where you are from on the show. If you prefer to re- uh, remain anonymous uh, or to for us to keep your location undisclosed, you can send us an email, uh, just letting us know that. And we can keep you anonymous. If you donate $25 or more to The History Of, you can send us a note via email and we will read it on the podcast. And we do reserve the right not to read the note if it's not PG because we do strive to keep this podcast <laughs> family friendly. Just just putting it out there. If you would like to donate, click our donation link in the show notes to make a one-time or monthly donation. And if you have any questions or comments about the information provided in this episode, or if you have a note for a donation, please contact us at thehistoryof365 at gmail.com. Have a blessed day. And you've got to promise me something. Never stop learning. Stop learning.